Hello everyone and welcome to Tarot de Sass, that podcast. I'm Marilyn and I'm Imogen. So this is a new podcast um, which will be released twice every month on the full moon and the new moon. The first section will be talking about all of the different themes of tarot, all of the symbolism and the imagery and all that good stuff. And the second part will be exploring um, a collective reading for everyone who's listening to this podcast as well as a small meditation at the end. Lovely. Um, here we find ourselves in you and the very first card we're going to be looking at and exploring together will be the full card. My favorite card. Is it? Oh yeah, it is your favorite, isn't mm-hmm. it? Okay, awesome. All right, so we do have like a few prompts. So the first thing we're going to explore is the historical context or historical meanings that we can capture or mythical stories that are embedded in Tarot. We're not going to cover every single element because they are vast. They mm-hmm. don't stop. So we'll go over a few that we instantly will instantly jump out to us and we'll go from there and we'll move over to the next section. So, um, I mean, how uh, just before we begin, how do you just generally feel? Why is it your favorite card? Um, I think it's it's got like it's got so many elements of freedom in it for me. I think like when I look at it, it looks really positive. Mm. Um, it feels really free and lighthearted and unburdened. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's what I don't like about the card. <laughs> that's really interesting. I mean, I like it, but I also feel like it's a little foolish. Like, do you know, do you know what I mean? Mm. You know what I mean? I know it sounds really weird, but I'm like, he's not paying attention, but, um, but yeah, let's, let's, um, let's it's probably go. why I resonate with it so much. Yeah, like absolutely. I'm fine. I'm free. <laughs> I'm falling off a cliff. Oh. I'm falling off a cliff. Um, but yeah, so let's get into it. So I have a couple of, um, instant stories that I have for the historical context of it. Obviously, I don't think we can, you know, discuss Tarot without discussing its significance in the Kabbalah. So I just wanted to go over a little bit about that and its position in the Tree of Life. So I don't know if anyone's familiar with the Kabbalistic and the esoteric nature of the Jewish Kabbalah and things like this, but there's a reference to the Tree of Life. Now, I must admit, I've been reading about the Kabbalistic rituals and and Jewish tradition around the occult and tarot and I still don't understand I'm still like it's like once I feel like I understand something there's just more I don't understand Mm -hmm. right I think that's why we call it like a major arcana Mm -hmm. um and obviously arcana if you're listening to this and you're into tarot you already know arcana means like you know revelations or secrets right Mm -hmm. so we have major arcana which the, the fool is the first of the major arcana and in the Kabbalah it is one of the first pathways. And in the Tree of Life, the Fool marks the beginning of the Fool's journey, um, which marks the 22 paths. Um, and as we all know, there's 22 major arcana, mm. which I find quite significant. Um, I quite like the 2-2 as well for numerology, but I don't want to convolute the message too much. Um, <laughs> so we'll, we'll sidestep that, but... Um, I Can will... I ask a question really yeah. quickly? Um, so when you say that there are 22 major arcana, mm-hmm. um, is that including the fool or yes. not including the fool? The fool is the first so of the major arcana. So he's zero though. Yes. So it's zero to zero. 21. Uh, no. Well, yes. Oh, right. Yes, zero okay. to 20. I see what you mean. Yeah, okay. zero to 21. Yeah, I see what you mean. He is. But there are 22 of them and his he needs to be zero because he is the egg. Yeah. 
right? So um, he's he's the potential energy, mm-hmm. right? So the full marks primal energy, and you know I think in some tarot cards he's even depicted as the Ouroboros, right? So the big mm. the giant serpent that eats its own tail, which is like the zero, which is like the egg. Mm-hmm. It's almost like before life, before the big bang, right? So, and in the in the Kabbalistic journey, well, in the Kabbalah and in the Tree of Life, he marks the, the journey or the path from the crown to wisdom, right? So yeah. um, there's all like the rumors. I, I feel like I say quote unquote. Sometimes people say, "Is the fool the 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 hermit? You know, who comes down from the mountain because he is in the mountains, right? Mm. Um, yes, he is, and he has a whole journey he's gonna embark on. So I kind of think that." Without mentioning the Tree of Life and the Kabbalah, you, you kind of leave out a massive story behind the Tarot, if that mm. makes any sense. But yeah, I think that's pretty... That's my, that was my first point, which I wanted to point out, which is that it's got its foundings in, um, in, in Judaism and obviously in the Kabbalah, and that's really significant in the Tree of Life. And for those of you who are just listening, I might encourage you to just go online and type in um, the Kabbalah Tree of Life and Tarot. There's a lot of resources that outline that journey, that explain that journey in more detail. If, you, if you're if you just curious to see how the 23 paths come together and how they're marked out in Tarot as well. I will yeah. endeavor to put any um, links or sources on Instagram awesome. as well. Lovely. Um, and I'll put them on YouTube. Awesome. Nice. Okay. So um, what, did you have any other historical context or um i mean like historical context so a a fair few i mean coming back to that sort of like then the number zero Mm. um i think that has got a pretty significant historical context given it is like it's basically the birth of mathematics like um when uh, before zero obviously there was (laughs) there was a time when zero was a concept you know like how many bananas did you give me I gave you no bananas like (laughs) but um I think especially in like um you know sort of religious history and stuff Mm. there is definitely a very human sort of like like what was before what was before there was anything yes. what, what is nothing absolutely and i think that yeah. nothing mm. in that sense is actually really really difficult for human beings to comprehend um yeah and so it you know nothing wasn't really um you know it obviously must have been understood as a thing you know mm. i have no children um <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I think, but th- but there always existed potential children, right? Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, and um, uh, I think until zero, as a as a number, mm. like nothing, mm-hmm. came into um, came into play, shall we say? Uh, that really was like the beginning of mathematics and and a lot of the I love world that as we num- understand it today. I love that for numerology as well. Yeah, that makes complete sense to me. Um, that's fascinating, actually. I love that relation that you made there. Yeah. Um, the other thing I was thinking as you were telling me about zero and, you know, and I was thinking about the Arboris and um, the, those links with potential and, and nothing. Um, I often find with the fool that zero is and the egg in the zero, you know what I mean? Like mm. the circular motion of it. I find that... And the one is inside. Right? Yeah. I find that people hold on to their potential and they don't want to express 
their potential because of a fear that it will close them off from other paths. So I feel like the act of choosing a path kind of closes you off from several other paths mm. and it freezes people up. And I think a prime example I can think of for that is, oh, uh, what do you want to study in uni? And how it freezes up a lot of teenagers and a lot of 18 and 17 year olds freak out at that question because mm-hmm. they're like, well, I wanted to do several things. And if I pick one thing, that means that the, the other potentials don't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes people can sort of live in a a sort of Peter Pan wonderland because they don't want to lose the potential for all the other paths. Mm-hmm. But obviously the very act of not choosing is an act that stays, that makes you stay stagnant. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It keeps you in zero. I think the fool actually looks like Peter Pan. This fool does. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah this fool definitely yeah. looks like Peter so, Pan. Just for a reference. So everyone's aware we're looking at the Rider Waite fool, which is obviously the most classical one. Um, but um, yeah, I think he looks like Peter Pan, and I yeah, and I think does. this is part of my resistance with the fool sometimes, <laughs> because I, I kind of think Peter Pan never wanted to grow up. He never wanted to realize his potential mm. because he wanted to exist in this in Neverland, right? Mm, mm. But um, let's um, let's continue with um, the other historical interpretations or traditional understandings. I also have here. Um, that Uranus, Uranus rules the full card, right? And Uranus is the planet of disruption. It's the planet of eccentricity, of, you know, um, nuance and sort of your personality becoming more your own, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also sort of strange happenings or strange behaviors. Um, Uranus also rules Aquarius, though we all understand Aquarius is the card of... Um, I typically like the, the water bearer, the star. Mm. So I, I feel like Aquarius belongs there mostly, but because Aquarius loves freedom and, and freedom is really tied to the fall, I feel like those elements of Uranus and Aquarius are really easy to spot on the card. And obviously naturally, again, as I've mentioned before, I don't think without, you know, bring up the fall without bringing up astrology is kind of like, you know, choosing to be blind to a lot of information that it, that it can offer. But um, I do think that you'll see a lot of online information that says that the full is just potential energy. It's all the zodiac, which I agree with. Um, but I, I feel like you can't escape, you know, um, you can't escape Aquarius in this card. I just feel like it's, there's so much air in this card. And as we all know, Aquarius is a sign of air. Um, how could you not see it? You know, so, mm. um, but the, obviously naturally the influence of, of, the eccentricities of Uranus is evident and he is doing something we wouldn't do. Like he's on a precipice and he's just got his eyes somewhere else (laughs) and he's moving forward, which is really strange. It's like, he doesn't care for his life. (laughs) Um, And he's sometimes I wonder, is his dog like trying to warn him or is it going along with him? (laughs) Do you know what I mean? So, you know, um, so I find that really interesting and I just felt like that was something important to point out that Uranus rules this card Um, and Uranus rules eccentricities. And I think it's easy for people to assume you're doing something odd when you pull this card in a reading, you might be, you know, pursuing a career that's creative when your family's historically always done something academic, for example, and they're thinking, what are you doing? And, you know, that's so mm-hmm. out of bound. And for mm-hmm. them, you're acting really weird. And yeah. so obviously... Like choosing not to have children. Yes, um, absolutely. Yeah, which yeah. a lot of people are doing these days. And yes. Assuming, 
been seen as a bit sort of like, oh. Yeah. And <laughs> when, when people say that, when people say they don't want to have kids, the response is very weird. Yeah. There's an assumption that... They'll, they will, <laughs> eventually. Yeah. Either that they will or that there's something horribly wrong with them. Yeah. Yeah. And I, th- I find that pretty interesting. Yeah. I find that pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's, it's kind of like... Um, uh, like my mum, who's always wanted children, and she had children, otherwise yeah. she wouldn't be my mum, but um, she, she knew, like, she always wanted children. Mm. Um, but she always says as well, um, I probably should just mention here that she's a therapist as well, so she <laughs> she usually knows what she's talking about. <laughs> usually. Um, and she she's like, oh, I recognise that wanting children is a, an incredibly selfish thing. Like, you never want a child for the sake of the child like it's Mm. not the child's interests that you're thinking of when you have a child it's your own um oh my gosh that's amazing because I always say this I always when people tell me that they're pregnant or that they want a child I say okay well you're bringing a whole person I'm like you want a whole person and that person is just gonna be like I people say and you'll you'll notice this as well, I think. But people typically say, "I want a baby." They don't say, "I want children." They oh, say, yeah. "I want a baby," and I'm like, "That's gonna be a whole person. Like that's a whole human adult person. That's yeah. just at the beginning, right?" Isn't that interesting? Mm, um, yeah. And I just always say, and I, I definitely want a whole person, right? I want a whole person. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And I think that me and my wife definitely want whole people. Whole people, right? <laughs> yeah. And I, I always think if you if you're gonna if you're gonna bring a kid into the world, I always feel like it's it's really good when you see parents that are making space for the person, not just yeah. for what they expect yeah, the, of that the person, little girl, the personality. that little person. Yeah. yeah. They just, they just go, oh, that's who they are. You know, they make room for what they want or yeah. who they express they are, you know. So it does, yeah. it does sort of, uh, it, it kind of, it's very, yeah, it does, it does strike me as odd or interesting when people mm-hmm. find it odd when people don't want to have children because I think that people assume it's quite a selfish thing. Like if, you, if you're not going to have a child, then mm-hmm. your focus is solely on yourself. But I don't think that's a bad thing at all 100 whether you choose to have children or not <laughs> invest in yourself <laughs> awesome okay did you have any other um historical interpretations or? i did read so i i've only read this word uh, so I'm, I'm gonna butcher it in the pronunciation yeah and is it the uh albigensis the people of the albigensis christians oh. um i read somewhere that so these this was like an underground christian group Ooh. um never heard of them and they sort of very much stressed the value of the of the individual religious experience as opposed to <gasps> the doctrine doctrines i of love the that um wow. and they were often described as going around dressed as fools i love that yeah that's incredible um and i just thought so they there was there is some i mean there is some historical link to these people yeah. in some of the sort of like earlier understandings of people mm. and tarot mm. and uh the author whose name i haven't written down which is silly of me um but she she went on to say this quote which i thought was really i don't know I, something about this quote i really liked she said um one can imagine how they must have enjoyed confounding the establishment by infiltrating these trumps as god god's spies into a deck of gaming cards 
That is so fantastic. <laughs> oh my gosh, I've never heard of that before. That's incredible. I am definitely going to read that up and we'll leave the links. We'll leave the relevant links. But that's incredible. I love yeah. that. That makes so, that's such a wonderful way to interpret the, the sort of faith, I think, as well, mm. that it's all individualistic, mm-hmm. right? I, I think that that's a really healthy way to approach spirituality as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh, nice. I think, that, I, I think that for me, that covers most of the historical things, but was there anything else that you had? Um, I was also just going to touch on um, one thing that I think, it, well, to me, I think is kind of an obvious, uh, like, he always he always kind of looks like the trope of the court jester in many decks. Yes. The jester comes up quite a lot, and I think that's another reason why I like this card mm. so much, um, just because when we, you know, when we look at sort of medieval, early Renaissance jesters, court jesters, like, who is the court jester? Um, they are somebody, you know, they're, they're in the court. Mm. So they, they're a person of importance. They're a person of a certain level of power. Absolutely. Um, yeah. and actually I would say that they, they are more free mm. to speak truthfully and, and to also, you know, um, make fun of people and yes. bring their sort of, let's say, uh, you know, make them more self-aware almost by mm-hmm. poking fun of, of things that they, yeah. um, and, you know, they've got the freedom to do this without punishment a lot of the time. Well, that, that was the, the main, I think, importance of the jester in the courts, right? He, he was the only one who could, or they were the only one that could test the king and yeah. speak the truth to the king. Um, but mm-hmm. I think the currency that there was, the, that was the exchange there was that they made everyone laugh while they delivered the truth mm-hmm. um and that they got to live for that right yeah 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 right. and um they and also they would sometimes people well they were often i think um people who had uh physical like differences or disabilities mm. um i know that, like yeah. but i know that there was a lot of um or there were a f- evidence of some court gestures that were dwarves oh. so or people with dwarfism i should yeah. say um mm. who um, obviously have used their, you know, their differences um, yeah. as agency to gain a really good position of power. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's incredible. I love that. That makes complete sense to me. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that was that's that's what strikes me when I look at the fool. I'm Absolutely. Like, mm. I don't think he's that foolish. I think he's pretty smart. I think so as well. And I think that's a really great um, segue into the next part of the podcast, which we'll look at the symbolism and the imagery in the card and um, pull out whatever the story. Um, So for me, I think, the first thing that strikes me about the fool is the sun. Um, he is covered in the yellow rays of the sun. And obviously the sun makes several appearances throughout the tarot. And sometimes the sun is so close that you can even see a face in it, right? But in the in this particular card, the sun is there. And my interpretation of the sun being there is generally the clarity of mind. It's the clarity of mind. It's the clarity to see the landscape. Um, just basically in, in 
embracing conscious mind. Um, I often interpret the sun as being your conscious mind and then the moon as the unconscious, right? Mm-hmm. Um, all important aspects of the person. But I do think here that the, the fool is really awake and super way more conscious than he looks. He almost looks like he has his eyes closed sometimes to me. But I think that he has a clarity of mind that most people wouldn't necessarily be able to see straight away. And I really love the sun in this card. I love the way the spikes come down. Um, it's not the whole the whole sun, mm-hmm. but it's just enough for us to know that he's kind of guided. It feels like the sun is almost guiding him, you know. Mm. But yeah. Yeah, definitely. Indeed. What about, what, what do you see? Um, I'm pretty drawn to the dog. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think that the real fool in this picture is this dog. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and just to come back a little bit to the, the court, the sort of idea of the court jester as well, mm-hmm. like, um, you know, sort of this person who can captivate and, <clears throat> you know, influence um, and has, a, you know, a position of power and a position of hold over everyone, including the kin. Yeah. And they are, you know, they're captivated. They're watching him. They are almost like blindly, um, you know, following him or being um you know egged on by him shall i say mm. and i feel like that's what this what's happening with this dog here like um the dog is looking at the fool he's not like is is he following him is he warning him he's very captivated with him i see, <laughs> i i do you know i've always interpreted the dog as some kind of spirit animal um i feel like i feel like the the fool is either being encouraged or discouraged like the the like the dog is acting as a guide in some sense and obviously, naturally, as a companion. Mm. Um, and I kind of feel like, you know, it's hard to escape Tarot. And I say I say escape Tarot. Escape the concept of spiritual messengers and guides in Tarot, generally mm. speaking. And sometimes when you get this card in reverse, um, which I love to read this card in reverse, by the way, I feel like the, the dog is warning him not to make those steps, you know. And then upright, I feel like the dog is like, yeah, the ground is going to literally manifest before your very feet. Like, it already is. Like, mm. it looks like part of that cliff is literally just manifesting. Almost like it's going to bridge him over to the other side, mm-hmm. you know? And so I've always interpreted that dog as, as some kind of, like, um, warning or encouragement from mm. spirit guides. And I've always thought that because the fool doesn't seem to notice him, that it is a spirit guide. Almost like, almost like he's not aware. Mm. But he's... But all, like the, like you mentioned, the dog's focus is wholly and solely on him. I think if you believe in spirit guides and spirit angels and things like this, that's exactly what it's like. You don't see them. <laughs> You're mm-hmm. unaware, but their whole focus is on you. It's on your safety. It's on your journey. Mm. Um, and I kind of love that. I love that dog. <laughs> I love that, I love that dog, my too. dog. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I've always grown up with dogs as well. I mean, obviously, they make the most loyal of companions, so... Um, you know, if you're a dog person out there, I love dogs and I love cats, so don't get offended. <laughs> but yeah, um, the other, the other, um, sort of symbol I see here is the wand. Obviously it's like a carrying stick. I don't know what they traditionally call those, right? It's, oh my God. It's, got a, it's gone straight out of yeah, my head. It's got a like rucksack on the back of it, but, um, that is a wand and it's a very dark, very grandiose wand. And I think that it's really easy to sort of misinterpret that obviously he's on a journey it's the it's the fool's journey it's the first 
sort of like pathway in the in the Kabbalah. But one of the things I've obviously in Tarot, the wands represent human will. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this person has a lot of has a lot of energy, like a lot of human will that they're going to put upon the world. It's like they've made a massive clear decision and I think when you when you read about the ace of wands I feel like there's embedded in this the image of the ace of wands as well like a grand passion a grand excitement a grand journey an adventure about to happen um I just feel like (laughs) like it's just secretly tucked in there oh here's an ace of wands and and we'll just throw a bag on the back of that Speaking of the bag, on the back of that as well, um, that rucksack, if you have a really close, close look at that. Oh, the satchel. Yeah, yeah, the satchel. There's an image of an eagle on it. I wondered what that was. Yeah. I thought it was a piece of fruit. <laughs> what fruit did you think it was? Um, I mean, I'm looking at it now. Mm. Um, yeah, no, I, I actually cannot see an eagle at all. I thought mm. it was a half-eaten apple. I, th- I actually thought it was yeah. like Steve Jobs right in there <laughs> on his satchel. So I couldn't actually make it out from the cards. I just went online and then zoomed right in digitally oh. on older cards because this is this is not the traditional deck. This is the, um, the what is it called? This is the Radiant Wise Spirit version. Um, and sometimes some nuances lost in the translations. But what I saw was when I zoomed in on the traditional deck was an image of an eagle. And I thought, isn't that interesting? Because he's he's in the mountains. Um, what animal resides in the mountains and is lone and, you know, does really mm. well and soul in the mountains? An eagle. And what do birds typically represent in Tarot? Generally speaking, it's higher consciousness, higher thought. And he's at a great height. He's mm-hmm. in the mountains, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I love I love that that did not go unnoticed. In that little bag might be knowledge and information. It might be books. It might mm-hmm. be a, a map. Um, who knows what he has in that bag that's a little bit more powerful than I think we initially interpreted. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, when I was researching... Um, powerful mythical stories of eagles. I learned about Zeus's eagle, Itos Dios. So um, for those of you who aren't familiar, maybe, which I can't imagine that there's going to be a lot of people listening to this who aren't familiar with Greek mythology, but um, Zeus had a a giant golden eagle that was his messenger, um, and it would obviously deliver messages, but it was also a really powerful bird in and of itself. Um, it's also been known to eat someone's liver, I think. Or was that was that a famous vulture? That was a vulture. That yeah. was a vulture. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. So wrong story there, but <laughs> but that story of Itos Dios and being a messenger of the gods, I kind of find embedded in this really nicely, and it makes complete sense. Obviously, mm. um, when we think about the story of of well, the the meaning of Tarot in this sense, with the fool being at such a great height. It's almost like he's so close to the gods that he's that he can hear them, that mm. he's got their story. Like maybe he's already received the message and he's taking it somewhere else, you know? Mm. I really like that for the fall, actually. Um, uh, had a look. But what did you want to mention about his clothing? Um, firstly, um, fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I love me some, some big floaty sleeves. Um, I really love orange, so the fact that he's got these big orange flowers um, all over him and these yeah. um, these big sort of like orange lined um, 
uh, sleeves. I also I quite like the fact that you can see you can see a little peaking of this really vibrant lining because um, mm-hmm. even though the the you know the the um, the vest has got uh, these big orange flowers on it, it is still you know fairly sort of in keeping with the uh, the environment. You know, like if he's like in the mountains with trees and stuff, you, you know he's got a bit of camouflage there Absolutely. with the with the green. But then this this little peaking of um, orange peeking out underneath his uh, his sleeves. And I think things like that, along with, you know, the bag, what's in the bag, kind of mm, really mm, sort of highlight the esoteric nature of, of the, the tarot. Yeah. Like, you know, when you asked what's in the bag, I just instantly thought money. Um, for those, <laughs> for the, I was like, he's definitely got money in the bag. But, you know, I'm, I'm a Taurus. He has cash in his, cash in his codpiece, right? Yes, in his bag. Right. Um, I'm a Taurus rising in a Taurus moon. And so naturally that's where my mind is going to go. <laughs> Just for those of you who are curious. But um, I've, I've managed to find the little section here that made me laugh. And I have here, with a light step as if earth as it's, Oh, do you know what? I can't even. Do you want me to? I'm just gonna, yes, please. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> just two dyslexics helping yeah, each other out. Yeah, two dyslexics here. helping where, each other where out. Am I <laughs> right here. With a light step, as if Earth and its trammels had lit uh, had little power to restrain him, a young man in glorious clothing pauses at the brink of a precipice mm-hmm. among the great heights of the world. I love that. Right, and I was like, yes. And you know, one of the things in this book that I thought was really interesting was that they, it sort of interprets that he is actually a prince of another world. Mm. Um, and I actually must agree with that. Yeah, that's, that's an expensive garb, isn't right? it? Right? Yeah. It's a really expensive garb. And Details. he's so sure of himself and he's so trusting. Um, so sure and so trusting even of where he is as though, as though he knows the gods will catch him. You know, mm. because he knows that those are my parents. Like that's dad. He's definitely like, got an air of arrogance about absolutely. him. Like, mm. um, but I don't find it off-putting. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I find it off-putting in certain like readings. Mm-hmm. Oh um, yeah. In certain readings, it's it's definitely a warning sign. Mm. Um, I don't think it's off-putting more than it's just a warning sign to tell you the truth. Mm. But yes, I I love that. Okay. Did you did you notice anything else that might have popped out? Um, I like his feather, uh, right. and his, obviously the, the rose that's growing out of his hand almost. Um, the, the, the white rose symbolizes purity and Yorkshire and Yorkshire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, I've always interpreted that red feather to be a feather from a phoenix, Oh, yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the bird of transformation. Uh, yeah, very mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, representing all stages of a cycle, but also mm-hmm. kind of representing the Euroborus and, uh, you know, yeah. coming back to zero again. Indeed, yeah. 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 Mm. I love the, um, the, the flowers, as you've mentioned. They look like orbs to me, and sometimes I interpret them as orbs of his chakra, and I've tried to count them. I think there's... See one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. That I can easily spot. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I, I obviously link that back to um, the twelve zodiac signs. But yeah, 
Mm. It's incredible. Yeah. Nice, okay. nice outfit. Absolutely. <laughs> so, um, and also he's got a lot of green. Lot yeah, of green, loads of green. Um, which to yeah. me represents, you know, new growth. Yeah. You know, shooting sprouts. Sprouts. Like, <laughs> which Imogen is um, growing sprouts. <laughs> I am. I'm, I'm yeah. Um, growing yeah. a lot in my, in my tiny little yeah. window box at the moment. part of the podcast that we're going to just go ahead and move on to would be um obviously we've covered historical symbolic interpretations um now we're just going to cover intuitive interpretations of this Mm -hmm. card so what it intuitively means and the first thing i thought when i first saw this card was um you're gonna fall and i have a great fear of heights okay so (laughs) i have a great fear of heights (laughs) Um, yeah, no, there's no way you'd catch me that close to the end of a cliff. No. I'd have to be very, very sure of myself before I stood yeah. that close to a cliff. Yes. But I think he is. Yeah. Mm. And before I before I learned the meaning of the card, I thought this card said what it says on the tin, which is there's a very foolish young man who's about to jump, right? And that's just, just on, upon first impressions. That was initially what I thought of this card. I just thought... This, this guy's going to walk right off the cliff and his dog is like, don't do it. <laughs> and, um, and it wasn't until I learned about the several meanings about this card did I realize that um, often in life, I feel you must risk looking a fool or being foolish to learn anything new. So, for example, um, in my day job, I work as a trainer and I often find that... A learning um, and development trainer, we should say. Like yes. <laughs> a learning and development trainer. Um, Marilyn does an awful lot of exercise as well, but that's not her day job. <laughs> and um, one of the things I learned was um, people are very scared of looking foolish in the learning environment. Oh my God, yeah. 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 People are really shy and um, it takes a lot of learning to trust me before they answer my questions in front of the group Mm. or risk an answer when I ask a group a question. And I think a lot of people want to learn and want to develop, but Mm -hmm. understand that they don't know and that they are going to risk making a mistake and looking foolish. I have to hold my hands up as well and say that I... um... Uh, I'm actually very, I'm very judgmental in the classroom, not of my learners, as because I also work in learning and development. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not of my learners, but when I was a student, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, if if anyone asked a question that that highlighted that they definitely did not read the reading, <laughs> <laughs> or they, you know, weren't taking adequate notes. Uh, um, I, I would judge them in my mind. I'd yeah. be like, oh, come on, man. Don't show yeah. up unprepared. But mm. um, funnily enough, I actually, uh, you know, one of the things that um, uh, when I was speaking to, you know, my therapist a few years ago and we were talking about, you know, having expectations of others and them, them not matching the expectations of yourself, like having mm. higher expectations of yourself that you wouldn't match um, with others. That was like the one thing where because she would always throw it back at me like would you you know I'm like I'm really disappointed in myself xyz and they'd be like would you expect that from somebody else Mm -hmm. and I'd be like 
no, no, no. that'd be a completely unreasonable request. Yes. And then this was the one place <laughs> where she was like, would you, would you expect that from yourself? Would you, would you accept that you'd been a fool if you had And I was like, absolutely. Yeah. No, I would, I would judge myself for that. Like I would, I would, I would, if someone judged me, I would be like, fair enough. I didn't do the reading. I didn't come prepared. So oh, wow. that was like the one place where I was mm. like, no, I don't have, I don't have empathy mm-hmm. for that. In particular. <laughs> I don't have empathy. <laughs> you know, I um, I think that that's interesting. Um, I do because I, you know what? Um, I I oscillate. So in the mm. in the classroom, I do I oscillate between there's no such thing as a foolish question, and then there is right. Yeah, so, <laughs> and then there, there definitely is. is as well. <laughs> um, but I I do think I I do think that 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 feeling of afraid being afraid to look silly being mm. afraid to look stupid i think that translates outside of classrooms yeah. i think that translates in life so say for example if you're just coming out of um i don't know 10 year marriage and then putting yourself out there for on dating sites that mm. might feel scary and foolish and you might be sc- scared to put yourself out there and start that journey anew mm. and i think that um, I always say this to my trainees in the classroom, you know, um, confidence is doing for a while. You're going to be bad until you're good. Yeah. And you kind of just have to accept yeah. the phase where you're going to look like an idiot until you know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And actually, um, I, I, going from the transition of being a student to, to, you know, a, a learning and development facilitator, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I definitely, one of the things that I just realized very, very quickly is that the, you know, any kind of judgment or put down or, you know, even if in your mind you might think, were you not just listening to me? That was a really foolish question. <laughs> it, it doesn't actually serve anyone. Anyone. No. Absolutely. It doesn't serve anyone. Yeah. It's really mm. not helpful. No, um, no. And, and and pointless. Like, what would, would you really have to gain from belittling someone or pointing out that they weren't paying attention in that one moment? Because we're not always paying attention. I agree. But I do also think sometimes the lesson is pay attention. <laughs> and that's that brings me on to my next point, which is that whether or not I think judgment is being passed, um, there's something about the fool which is why I love this card that says, go ahead, pass judgment. I don't give any two shits. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I, sorry, I curse. So <laughs> he doesn't give a shit. No, he's he like, doesn't. He's like, no. yeah, think whatever you like. I'm going to go ahead and bang around and just figure my stuff out. And I like to give my trainees the confidence. I say, you have full permission to make as many mistakes as you need to, to get good. And I think that that's what the fool is. I think that's what, the whole energy about the fool mm, is and mm. i think in the in the tree of life obviously he moves from the primal and he represents the primal energy but he moves from the crown which is this mindful space right which is this concept of ideas to wisdom and you cannot move from concepts to understanding and wisdom without some major pitfalls without some major missteps mm. you know and i just think that um, people I think the fool says, you know, accidents and mistakes are there to teach you something and they're actually teaching tools. And, you know, it's all well and good trying to avoid mistakes. And I think that's a sign that you've learned, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's a sign that, you, that you've that you become more aware and that you've already gleaned a lesson. Mm-hmm. But I think to encounter a mistake or to encounter an error or to, or to encounter a misstep 
is to learn you know and i think yeah. that that's that that's what the fool says it says have the courage to be a fool yeah right and also making mistakes is funny like <laughs> my, yeah. it is like you yeah. know he is an entertainer at the end of the day 100 percent. oh my gosh you yeah. know yeah. i think we we only have to watch think about how about how many people love things like um you know like bake off and stuff yes. like that and how like yes when when things go wrong that that is the good bit of the it's television like slapstick right yeah it's so good and i i think he's encouraging that joy and laughter as you make your mistakes right mm-hmm. i think too many of us do that thing as well where we judge ourselves like you've just described i do it too oh yeah yeah i, I think everyone does oh, yeah. um but i'll judge myself and i've noticed that um I'm a lot happier as a person when I can just laugh at mistakes I've made oh, yeah. rather than just berate myself <laughs> yeah. because berating doesn't serve me. It doesn't. It doesn't serve you, you know, yeah. but laughter does. Yes, yeah. it really does. It really, really does. Yeah. And I, I also think that there's been, well, that I definitely, I've, I don't know if this is like the shift in myself. So now that I'm noticing it, where it's like a shift, in, a normal shift in human development. Um, but I feel like, you know, when I was younger, I mean, I, this is definitely a shift in, in normal human development. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's well known that, you know, teenagers have like, um, you know, a lesser developed frontal cortex. They feel shame so much more oh. rawly oh. and, um, yeah. and, you know, and judgment. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. very much like wow. uh, there was a, a, an experiment. Uh, I can't remember where I saw it. If I find it, I'll, I'll put it a link somewhere. There was an experiment where they got, um, a bunch of people to, sit in a store window like they're a mannequin just sit there yeah on view mm-hmm. um and <clears throat> when they looked at how um you know sort of upsetting or traumatic that experience was on the adult brain versus the the teenage brain it was like it was it was a it was a horrible experience wow. for for the younger people yeah and like um but coming coming back around to my point, <laughs> um, you know, when I was when I was much more likely to hide mistakes when I was, um, you know, younger. Oh, of course. And yeah, I think that we all, actually yeah. is dangerous. A hundred percent. It's dangerous. Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's it's it is actually dangerous. Like, um, and why? And you know, I I, I think a part of an element. I was gonna I was gonna ask you why you think that's it. I mean, to me, it's obviously. It's obvious why that's dangerous, but mm. I do think that it's dangerous to do that because it hides the lesson, it hides the mm. it hides mm. the message. Mm-hmm. I think mistakes and mishaps are there to teach us, like I mentioned before. Mm. I think when adults hide mistakes, I think it does the exact same thing. I just don't think we realize that it's dangerous or that it's not that wise mm. to hide mistakes. Mm-hmm. But um, could you just explain to me why you think it's dangerous for children to hide mistakes? Um, I think firstly for simple reasons of safety, hundred percent. Um, yeah. like if you have um broken something or like oh, I'm trying to think of like an you know what, something that instantly comes to mind for me is perspectives, and I think sometimes children, um, because they're so young and naive and you know they don't know a lot about the world just yet, mm-hmm. um, mistakes, quote unquote mistakes. Um, or situations that where they might find themselves in that are dangerous. Say, for example, with, with a with a dangerous adult, yes. right? Like a like a predator. Yeah. A child might experience something with an adult that's dangerous, like a predator, and then 
interpret that as they've done something bad. Well, it's quite quite often the yeah. the tactic that the the people the who abuser are, abusers uses. uses right? They say, you know, you're going to get in trouble for this. Yes. So you need to hide this mistake. So you need to hide this mistake, and yeah. and then they put pressure on that child to hide what's happening. And I think that that obviously hides the abuse yeah. right yeah. and i think that um, dangerous dangerous that's dangerous yeah. dangerous and that's secrets. just one yeah. example of how hiding a mistake um i mean it's not a mistake it's not the child's mistake no but it's it, it's something that the child's being made to hide because it's their perspective that it is their fault it that, is it's, mistake, their, that yeah. it's their mistake yeah. and i think perspective is reality whether or not it's correct perspective mm-hmm. is reality right mm-hmm. so i think um the i think sometimes one of the things i've done that really helped me is in a, in, when I'm in a training room as a trainee and I'm learning something, if I don't understand something, if I don't get it, I just speak it out loud. Um, and, I, and I don't mind looking like an idiot. No. In fact, sometimes I find myself in a position where people have made me want to come up, like want to feel stupid for asking for clarity. And I've kind of sort of defiantly just asked them to explain yeah. again. And actually, the more you yeah. persecute people for... Um, uh, the more you persecute, you know, n- not just children, but ad- adults for um, highlighting mistakes or highlighting not having understood something. Yes. The more likely they are to hide that yes. they haven't understood something. Absolutely. And hide that they've made a mistake. And mm-hmm. then again, it's dangerous. Like <laughs> It's really dangerous. I don't think people understand. And then some. I th- sometimes I think people think it's just a small thing. It's just a small, tiny thing. Mm-hmm. And then it just snowballs you know, and then it's been weeks and then it's been years and then it's been decades since, you know, you last picked up a paint, a paintbrush or something silly like Mm -hmm, that, you know, mm -hmm. I think it always comes with a cost. 100%. Yeah. 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 So it's important to look foolish is the, is the lesson. Yes. It's important to look foolish. Yeah. Yeah. I think also the fool is embracing his truth. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. And he doesn't care. He's just embracing his truth. And people might think he looks really silly for it, but he's just like, this is what it is. And I think he looks fabulous. Right? <laughs> I think whether or not um, he thinks he feels like a fool is besides the point. I think that there's a lesson in this, mm-hmm. right? So I think that's really powerful. Yeah. Awesome. Great. All right. So now we're going to get on to the next part, which is one of my favorite parts, which is different interpret- artist interpretations of the fool. Okay, so I actually, we have a few decks. So, um, yeah, so having a look first. So this is by an artist called Sonia Lazaro. Ooh. Um, she's from El Salvador. She's got a really great aesthetic, by the way. Yeah, so her Instagram handle, which I can't see right now, I will, I have tagged her in this deck um, on Instagram, um, but I, I actually, I, I love her aesthetic. I love all of her art that she's done, um, and I particularly absolutely love this tarot deck, which is called Rainbow Tarot by So. So her name is Sonia, but it's it's Rainbow Tower. Oh, and actually her Instagram handle is on the back here. So Sonia Lazo. Yeah. I'm we'll put the link in the description box below as well for her Instagram. Yeah. Um Okay. So this full card is so oh it's such a pleasurable card to behold and for whatever reason reminds me of strawberries and cream. 
<laughs> yeah, it's I love I love the the fact that it's just two tones. So it's just the the sort of sky blue mm. and the um and the red. Well, it's it's very much um an ochre actually more of a, more of a sort of rusty red than it is like a true red. Mm. Um, I love that his dog is a raccoon. <laughs> more clever by the way i love raccoons they're yeah, so cute i know too. that they're full of rabies and all this stuff but, you know <laughs> um yeah love love the raccoon um uh i'm actually cu- curious i want to find out what the raccoon spirit animal would mean mm. he's also got this kind of crown um this crown so it, it kind of looks like you know like the jester has hats the three-point jester hats um that are sort of what what we initially think of when we think of a court jester but there's uh six points on it and it's kind of in a crown formation love that so it's like halfway between a jester hat and halfway between a crown which kind of comes back to that feeling of him like being part of the nobility and also Mm -hmm. having like special powers um He's got his wand there, and I'll be honest, that satchel isn't nearly as pleasing as the other satchel. That looks like a Tesco bag. <laughs> it looks like a Tesco bag. You know, one thing I like about this, though, is that um, I get the vibe that this is actually a woman. I look at the thighs and the shape. Yes. I think that's a woman. And I, it is. I love that. I love that it's a lady. It is. It's a lady fool. Yeah. Lady fool. There's also, in the sun as well, a face. There's like half a face, and I really love that because to me sometimes I feel like the more defining features they are in the sun it feels like the closer it is Mm. and I think that's really important I don't know why but it makes me feel like you're being again observed watched Mm -hmm. guided um and I've just googled here for you the raccoon (laughs) spirit animal (laughs) and I have here it means that you too can make things work even if the odds seem stacked against you so again I, I I feel like that really hyphens back to right this idea that the fool is all about sometimes it can be about a fear of looking foolish Mm. but even if it seems as though everyone is telling you to stop because you're going to make a fool of yourself or you're going to make a mistake that even if those odds feel stacked against you that you should go for your dreams go go after your new goal and your new path Mm. um you know feel the fear and do it anyway right so um another thing that i really like about this particular um tarot card is um she doesn't look like she's falling she looks like she's dancing and that raccoon also looks like they're having a nice little dance (laughs) um but they're dancing at a very precarious place with their you know she's got her eyes closed and she's dancing in a very precarious place to have a little (laughs) to have a little jig Mm. on the edge of a mountain um but you know she knows her body she's having a dance she's not gonna fall yeah yeah i love that Obviously, she's also at a great height. There's clouds. Unlike I've... The, the thing about the clouds that I feel in this one is, you know how in the aces, there's always like a giant hand coming out of a coming out of a cloud, almost like the hand of God bestows upon you a giant coin or mm-hmm. the hand of God bestows upon you, you know, cloudy with the sword or the truth with the sword. I feel like there's lots of potential gifts just brewing around this fall. Um, the other thing I'm also interpreting as well is that there's also potentially lots of sadness or unknowns brewing mm-hmm. around this fall which often is the case when we begin anew you know mm. there's a lot of unknowns mm. um but i feel like in the unknown is where you're going to find those giant hands of god bestowing mm. gifts you know so yeah 
I feel um, another thing that I really, really like um, about this, this card portraying like new beginnings. I don't know if this was the artist's intention, but all of these little sprouts on the ground mm. and <gasps> oh my god yeah all yeah. of these little little seeds there's seeds there's sprouts yeah and there's almost what appears pollen. to be pollen oh yeah. my god yeah i love that yeah that's incredible yeah so real oh. new beginnings like fertilization and, you know i just love this it just feels sassy i know that the artist is from el salvador but lefov is it lefov <laughs> lefov like that is how they've written the full yeah. I love that. It just, to me... Or is it... Feels. I think it's te... Uh, okay. That's it's going to be Spanish, isn't it? So it'll be te... Tefob? Tefob? <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm so sorry that I'm butchering someone's beautiful language. <laughs> yeah. Tefob? I'll ask my wife later. What does this say? <laughs> She'll be like, it's the fool, you fool. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. All right, so um, I have a couple of different full cards here, and I think I'll start off by going into um, this one, which is um, the, the Botticelli deck. Now, this deck does come from, and I think, and I, I beg your I'm again, I'm going to butcher this. There's a publisher of tarot cards. They're called um, Les Scarabeau. Yeah. Lo... Los Scarabeo. Los Scarabeo. Yeah. Los Scarabeo. And those of you who <laughs> have bought from this publisher will recognize it because they usually have like a ladybird um, and it's usually a red one, but on this deck because it's gold leafed, it's like a gold ladybird. Um, but they have what they call the Botticelli deck. Now, this deck um, I am obsessed with. Um, I'm not so sure. Obviously, Botticelli is the artist. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not so sure who's pieced it together properly mm. um but um in this deck we have the fool and the fool is actually not near any pre pre um precipice precipice there we go um he's actually somewhere in some forest mm. and he's actually wearing really beautiful clothing again mm. there's something about the way he looks um in terms of his clothing that screams to me again some kind of hierarchy and importance but they, he's also bent over and sort of ducking his head almost as though he can hear or see something that's yeah. sort of like something being thrown at him and he kind of looks a little mad he looks like a madman doesn't yeah he, he does yeah. definitely and he does also have a white dog here um it kind of looks like a bulldog and it's like sort of sniffing his feet um yeah. I feel like he's biting his feet. Biting his feet? <laughs> yeah. Wow. I love these flowers though. Like the yeah, the, the, the blooming flowers all around. Yeah, the flowers and the again mm. almost all that gold leaf in the background could almost be mm. like pollen. Yeah. In the air. And I when I see this version of the full card, I often interpret this card as this man being sort of lost in the woods and not really where he's supposed to be. You know, sometimes I get that he's seeing things or he's hearing things. And I feel like this is something we might often hear when we are looking to start anew or go on a new adventure or, mm. you know, when we begin. Intrusive thoughts. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh my God. Yeah, definitely. That yeah. is, I feel like mm -hmm. that is exactly what my soul feels like when, <laughs> when I'm having really horrible intrusive thoughts. Like I feel crumpled. I feel... Mm -hmm. Um, you know, out of out of joint. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like I'm being attacked by myself. By yourself. Um, 100%, and yeah. I feel like there's a dog nibbling on my foot. 
is a dog. And you know, what I would normally describe as your spirit guide or your spirit animal, instead of giving you guidance there is like, you know, it's almost like you're, you're being bitten or being, do you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, instead of getting the guidance you need, it's almost like it's like just sniffing at you. I don't know. Like, I think, I think that is a nibble. That is a warning bite. That is a right? don't continue. Don't continue. Right. Yeah. And th- what I really like about this deck as well is that this man needs to continue. It's almost like he was headed to the precipice and he stopped. Mm. It's like he needs to continue, but he's not trusting his thoughts or he's being warned by his thoughts. And I do think that, um, again, you have a lot of imagery of like the wands. So you have the wands in the back by these big, gorgeous trees. Mm-hmm. And I do think that there's a lot of will here, but I feel like there's a lot of other conflicting wills, like which will should I choose? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what he's conflicted with in this card, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, again, there's all sorts of gold that's interlaced in this, which I just think is stunning. Um, um, but yeah, that's what, that's when I see this full card, I, I see a new beginning, but sort of a challenging, painful one. It's like a difficult beginning. It's like a, an untrusting. It's an endeavor. Beginning. Yeah. Mm. It's, you know, I feel like he's forgotten who he is. You know, we've discussed how the fool is often the, the, you know, he's the prince of another world. I feel mm. like he's forgotten his, his royalty, mm. you know? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So I've got, um, a book here um it's called understanding tarot by liz dean mm-hmm. um it's a really nice book actually uh and she says that uh that the the fool or the jester appears in tarot as a beggar a madman a mm. naive youth and a jester mm. as the court jester can often articulate subtle or difficult truths so the tarot fool may take his entrance into a reading to remind you of the impertinence and absurdity of life. I love that. Really nice quote there. Mm. And he's definitely a beggar. This, this, um, the, the fool that's been to, I mean, yeah. um, this, this, um, author has actually included loads of, uh, different pictures just in the book. So I would, I would recommend it It's a nice one. Um, but there's lots of different pictures. You can see um, in the background, we've got um, the four yes, that we spoke about at absolutely. the beginning. And then there's different this. versions of the card. Yeah, mm. that's really nice. Um, hmm, yeah. Mm. Um, another another version I can I have here is, again, from the same publisher I had mentioned before, which is Los Scarabeo. <laughs> Los Scarabeo. We're going to Google that later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And in this one, in this deck, this is a bit of a darker deck as well. It's a, it's highly sexually charged, FYI. Um, but it's called Manora. It's by Milo Manora, the um, comic book artist. I think he's I think he's French, French or Italian, I believe. But um, he is famous for some really racy comic books, and obviously um, they've taken some artwork and put it into a a tarot deck by him. And in this one. Um, we see the fool here depicted with a beautiful young woman who I want to say is an Aquarian. <laughs> I just see that she's so loving and nurturing and she's, she's quite modestly dressed for Manora. When you, when you look at Manora's work, she is fully clothed from yeah. head to toe, quite modestly in almost like a grandmother's clothing, but she's a young, a young woman mm. and she's a gracious woman and she's got in her, in her hands, um, um, 
a puppet. What, um, Pinocchio. Yeah. Which has sexual connotations. <laughs> I think. How does how does Pinocchio have sexual connotations? Well, let's talk about Pinocchio's nose. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I don't think I'm the first person to draw similarities between Pinocchio's growing mm-hmm. nose and, mm-hmm. you know, phallic symbology. Yeah. yeah. Do you know where else you find phallic symbology? In the Ace of Wands, oh. which the fool is holding a giant, um, you know... Wand. A giant wand, right? <laughs> um, and, you know, obviously there's phallic um, interpretations for that. There's a lot of understanding and linking that with human will, right? Mm. And um, virility, right? Mm. But she's got in her hand a marionette, um, in her hands a marionette, in her lap a marionette. In her lap, yeah. She's very yeah. much like, yeah. And she's almost speaking to it as though it's a sweet little boy. Like yeah. it's Pinocchio, right? Yeah. Um, but this marionette is looking at her, gazing right back at her in a really loving way. Um, and the nose is obviously protruding. <laughs> but it's looked like, it looks like he's told a few lies. He might be lying to her. Um, <laughs> she knows though. I feel like when yeah. I, when I look at this mm-hmm. and not just because of his nose, mm-hmm. I feel like she looks like a woman who knows when she's being lied to. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. And I find that, that, He's a fool. He's a fool for love. And I feel like that is what's happening in, in this in this deck. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it has very little to do with the woman in it. But I feel like the fool in this is actually the marionette um, who is besotted by this Aquarian woman. I, I know she's not necessarily been outlined as Aquarian, but I feel like she is an Aquarius. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I do think that Pinocchio, um, the story of Pinocchio is quite an adventure you know he wants to become a real boy oh, it's so dark as well yes. when you I've, i don't know if you've watched the um the new reimagining of pinocchio but it's really 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 good it's mm-hmm. beautiful and i would 100 um yeah. i've completely forgotten the name of that director <laughs> um so have i <laughs> but if you've ever it's seen a, yeah. italian isn't he yes He's italian so yes. we'd, we'd butcher his name anyway yeah. so let's not let's not yeah um but the, yeah, the original story, which mm-hmm. I only recently read, actually, mm. I was like, oh. So I'm <laughs> obsessed with Pinocchio. I'm obsessed with the story of Pinocchio. And actually, there's a really great interpretation of Pinocchio that came to life for me. Um, and it was explained by um, a quite controversial figure. Actually, his name is Jordan Peterson. Um, he explains the story of Pinocchio through the through the lens of a Jungian perspective. And if you've ever, there's a really great podcast called, um, oh, I forget, I forget what it's called. It's, we are really so bad great. at Do forgetting you know, the names list, of things. But it's just, it's coming to mind. But um, um, I think this Jungian life is what it's called. There we go. And basically three Jungian psychiatrists interpret the story of Pinocchio. And I highly, 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 highly recommend listening to both interpretations because the story of Pinocchio is powerful. And obviously when we think about the path that he is on from concept to wisdom, Pinocchio has to learn to be a real boy and he has a lot of challenges to face. He's got to pick up, you know, courage. He's got to learn to be selfless. He's got to learn to follow rules. And he's got a lot of things to learn to become a real person, to become a real boy. Mm. Otherwise he stays in wood. And I think in the fall here, we begin a story and this woman represents like in most stories of the hero's journey, um, a goal, right. For the hero to aspire towards, right. To get the girl in the end. And Pinocchio has been gifted this woman 
um, and she's going to be his passion. Um, the thing that drives them to learn to become a real boy. And I, I love that in this, in this, in this interpre- interpretation, mm-hmm. right? Um, but he's still got a lot of ways, a lot, a lot of ways to go because he's still quite wooden, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, when I draw this card in a love reading, I often, if I'm reading for a woman or for a divine feminine, will warn her that the man that she has in her life is not yet quite a real boy. <laughs> he's not yet quite an emperor or not he's not yet quite evolved he's quite young he's quite page like an, an energy still mm. you know so um and sometimes i think women can do that thing where they where they say um why won't you just be the emperor that i need because i'm an empress but if you have if you have pinocchio in your lap you can't ask pinocchio to be an emperor he's got a lot to learn still mm. right so i love this card um and the last card I have here, um, I think it'll be the last card that we... It will be because yeah. I've lost um, my other deck. This one is <laughs> amazing. So Actually, this I'm going to Google it. I'm going to Google it. Okay, so this deck is called the Shadowscapes Tarot. It's actually a really popular deck. I've seen it quite a bit on YouTube. It's by Stephanie Puman Law. Um... I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, it's honestly so rich. I love this deck. So the images in this card, in these cards, are layered upon layered upon layered. I don't know if she's a watercolor artist. I think you can find her on Instagram as well. Again, links are below. Um, but there is so much imagery um, and there's so much to, to just, there's just so much in this card. Okay, so... In this card, you see, actually, again, I love this. It's a woman. Yeah. Um, and she, it feels like she's on a podium. Yes, she's on a precipice, but it's like almost like on, on a on a lone podium. And you might be wondering, how did she get there? But I don't ask that question. I'm like, clearly she was flown there by the birds that have, like, you know, wrapped all that ribbon, that red ribbon around her. Mm. And, you know, the sun card, the sun in this card is actually on her foot, um, and again, Uranus rules the feet and the ankles, and she's got a sun tattoo right on her foot, um, which is super, super tiny. It's almost easy to miss, but she's being guided almost with every step. It's almost like any step she makes, she creates light. You know, it's stunning card. Oh my God, it's, it is absolutely beautiful. It um, is so full of imagery. And what I really like about this particular deck is, and it's the same in all the cards, is that you truly have to observe because with every new time I pull these cards, something new jumps out at me. There, there seems to be like a winged monkey. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's three winged monkeys. Yeah. Built in stone. Built in stone. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're each in a, in a sort of like a different phase of decay almost. Yes. So what, the one at the bottom mm-hmm. looks, he looks, he's very full of, he's very fleshy, mm-hmm. shall we say. Mm-hmm. He's very fleshy. Yeah. He's very much alive. Um, then the, the next one up is, is looking quite forlorn and is, um, yeah, he's, he's, he's definitely losing a bit of his fur. And then the one at the top has almost a skeletal face, yeah. actually. Yeah. Um, I like the, uh, that it's a fox and not a dog as well, because... Yeah. Oh, and the bees as And well. can I just point out the significance of that life cycle that you've just pointed out, that it's a complete life cycle. From, mm. So as we mentioned before, the fool begins anew, but he also returns the hermit 
and we get sort of foreshadowing in this card mm. of who he's going to become. He's going to have the wisdom of the hermit, right? And mm. he's going to come down to guide others with his star. Brings us back to that image of the um, the phoenix as well. Absolutely. And there's also um, a lot of different phases um, that each monkey, each winged monkey is holding or grasping something significant. So obviously um, we have the rose, which we've already discussed. Only this one is red. Mm-hmm. And then we have... Lancashire. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have a heart. We have a heart, mm. right? And I think that's really significant because I think the fool has to trust their heart. Um, and I believe that the fool is massive with heart. I feel like there's a lot of like fire in the fool. Um, and then we also have here a butterfly. My least enjoyed creature on this earth it's frightening they're horrid flying worms i tell you flying i'm phobic of worms so that's why i'm i'm afraid of them but um but i think they are tricksters this we've had this discussion before i'm like everyone's like why do you hate butterflies they're beautiful and i'm like are they no they they are giving the illusion of being beautiful Mm. but when you look them in the face pure evil and I I know that I'm very much like not I think that that's funny because I think the fool is also a trickster Mm. I think there's a lot of um there's a lot of like um ties there but also the butterfly represents transformation of course yeah yeah and can I just say Mm -hmm. love caterpillars love cocoons you love caterpillars? Love oh caterpillars. God, I, can't. I can't. I just can't. Um, <laughs> but there you go. So um, new beginnings, new transformations, um, a willingness to transform is what I think the fool's all about. A willingness to change. Um, again, I, I think foxes are clever, cunning, which is why I think that makes an excellent spirit animal. And what I really love about this particular fox as well is that he's mellow. He's like, oh yeah. He's like, you are well taken care of. You are well loved. You are guided, guided, guided. And you can see that even with the sort of like red ribbon, which I feel like replaced the 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 um the wand. Mm. I think that is that she's fully she is fully suspended into the sky and she could take flight with these birds that will help her. And obviously naturally birds represent the spirit realm and all that beautifulness. But I also just wanted to point out as well, <clears throat> excuse me, that the monkey which is the monkey-like cycle that we have here, represents intelligence, playfulness, and curiosity. Oh, curiosity. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I think the, 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 for, for all his arrogance, the fool is definitely curious. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, there's a little bit um, embedded there, which is amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I have actually found one more card. Yes! <laughs> so, this... Um, this is from a deck that was given to me by a really good friend of mine. Um, and it was, uh, it's the, the ghetto tarot. So this deck was created, um, uh, by a bunch of local Haitian artists after, um, the disaster in Haiti. Um, and they got together and they created, uh, this, this deck and it's photographs as well. It's not, um, uh, it's not painted imagery. It's not painted. There are mm. there is some painted imagery in some of the cards, um, but the they you know they've they've sort of staged these scenes with real people with real people real people and um, this was a, sort of a, a fundraising deck of cards to help rebuild 
um, places in Haiti and it is absolutely gorgeous. I, there's so much expression in all of these cards. Um, I'm a little tiny bit disappointed with having seen the rest of the deck in the full card. You, yeah, wow. Because uh, I don't, it's not my favorite of, of this deck, basically. There are some, there are some really incredible compositions. Mm. Um, but I do like this, this chappy with his, with his orange trousers on mm. um, and his cape that looks like, looks like an old bed sheet. Um, yeah, and he's and got like a bin bag on the end of his uh, on, wand. On, on, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and this this was the whole point I think um, of the the compositions is it was made with like debris from the disaster. You know? Yes, yeah. um, and so we've got you know the the rubbish bag on the wand, um, the the sort of curtain. It's very clean though that mm. that curtain, very clean. Um, white curtain and then he's just in his uh, he's barefooted which I really like um, and then he's just um, he's standing on what looks like either an unfinished or a damaged um, building mm. um, there are mountains in the background yeah again great heights great and heights. one thing I really love is his dog this real dog by the way um, is just staring so lovingly up at him he's I want, a good boy he's such a good boy honestly and um, I like that the sun, so obviously typically in the traditional tarot, the sun is on the right hand side, but the sun is not in the image in this, but you can see it's coming from the left hand side and he's bathing in the sun. Yeah. 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 You can see. Yeah. He, the sun is, is definitely mm. in his face. And he's wearing red shorts, which yeah. I feel, um, are about that sprightly colored, yeah. like almost, you know, and what I really like about this card though, is it, is it is it does spark anew. It's kind of like they're taking the, like you've mentioned, the the debris that was left over by this tragedy mm. to create something new. And I just love that. I just, I don't know why, but this deck is really powerful for me and it makes me very emotional. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the whole deck is really, yeah. really emotional. It's absolutely stunning. Mm -hmm. It's really, really emotional, really, really expressive. Mm. Um, I think because of the the fact that it's got real people in it who yeah. were in the midst of something really, really, really difficult. Tragic, yeah. Um, and, you know, they, they've sort of come together and made this this beautiful artwork. Mm -hmm. um, but he he looks, the, the chap in this picture looks really, really smart. I don't know how to describe it, mm. but his he looks very... Intelligent. He's, he's deep in contemplation. Mm -hmm. um, and he's... He's really, I love how dark toned he is. Um, yeah. I feel like he's bathed in the sun, but there's something about him that's really like elegant. You can only see like yeah. the, the parts of his features clearly yeah. that are bathed, bathed in the sun. Bathed in the sun yeah. and the, the parts that you can catch just seem, what's the other word? Is it is it proud or not quite proud, but it's quite, um, I don't know. There's something quite, what's the other word for elegant? I can't think right now. Yeah. It, there is an elegance about yeah. this. I, even like the position of the arms mm. um, and his, his very, very sure footed, his feet are flat on the floor. Mm -hmm. Even though one is raised mm. um, on a platform, mm -hmm. both feet are flat on the floor. Mm -hmm. You know, he's step. he's got a very sure footing, very um, deliberate 
footing. Not like our original fool who looks like he's about to mm. slide off a mountain. And to me as well, he seems very sure of where this is going. Like he, he's not close, closed his eyes. He's not like, oh, you know, take me. He, he's looking and, and even at what he looks at, he sees mm-hmm. a new beginning, which yeah. is what I really love about this card. And it, you know, it very much must have felt like mm. a new beginning when mm. this, when this deck of cards was created. But yeah, the sure footing is the what the bit that the dog and the sure footing is the things that really strike me. Um, he's taking a, a very deliberate step. Yeah, yeah, I love this. Um, and who made the the deck again? It was, was a collection of artists. Yeah. Let me just find some more information. Um, mm. I I've left half of this deck. At a friend's house. I by love mistake. that star card. That star card is fire. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. I might have actually just one more. Actually, should I? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. Okay. We'll link it in the description box below if you're curious about the ghetto tarot. So from Haiti, an extraordinary deck by Alice Smeets. Mm-hmm. Um, see the traditional tarot cards come to life in this creative, provocative, modern deck inspired by the creativity and the strength of the citizens of the ghetto. The ghetto tarot will guide you in changing your perception turning negativity in your life into positivity while discovering the power of your own thoughts i really like that mm-hmm. and it is it, it definitely Absolutely. definitely um, it does brings positivity it's beautiful yes so um i i also have one more one last <laughs> one last card one more card um so this card comes from the dreams of gaia tarot um and that's by um I don't. I have no. Ravine. Idea. Ravine. Phelan. Phelan. Yeah, Phelan. Ravine. Phelan. Beautiful tarot deck, by the by, and um, I did not even recognize that this was the full card until I basically was looking for a full card for this very podcast because I've always read this card as choice, which is what they've called this card, choice. And um, the reason why we know it's the full card is because it's the first card and it's actually labeled zero. But in this deck, there is a lot of different things. There's, <laughs> there are three paths. And when you understand the Kabbalah and the Tree of Life, you understand the different paths that are linked as well to this very beginning from the crown. Um, but I will say that one of the things I really love about this is, again, that that. The choice to not make a choice is a choice in and of itself. And even that, the very act of making a choice closes off other paths to you. And um, this makes me think of Peter Pan again and this concept of Peter Pan syndrome. Have you ever heard of it? Yeah, I've yeah. heard of it. I am. Yeah. I am Peter Pan syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> and um, again, I just really love this card. There's a lot that's going on. You kind of see these three doors with the universal sort of stars in the back of them and and they're all trailing away yeah it looks like a celtic symbol but it could also be 
the Ouroboros. Absolutely. And yeah. with each path as well, you see that they go in different directions and they're outlined by different things. So for example, the first door takes you through and there's a, an apple that symbolizes that particular path. And then with the next door, it sort of goes through the path of the serpent with a, with a, with a, with a torch. And then the next path sort of takes you through a sword that's made of glass. And there's three women, almost like the three fates, mm. right? built into the trees you almost it's almost easy to miss that third face right there mm. and as we all know the three fates just decide how long your path will be um are you familiar with the story of the three yeah, fates? Yeah. yeah yeah and and obviously her sisters will cut the string on yeah. when they when they think your life is done and i just think it's so beautiful and one of the fates is crying um and her her tears turn into a beautiful river that again flow into another symbol into the earth and I just think oh this card is just so full of amazing imagery um, and I think that this card is full of potential full of full of unrealized paths unrealized um, life stories and I think that's exactly the fool um, and instead of embodying it all in one being it's just lots of symbology which is why mm. I love that it's called choice yeah yeah brilliant right awesome and that concludes the first part of our exploration of the full card the second part where we do a collective reading um for everyone who's listening to this podcast will be out on the new moon on the 17th of july we'll also conclude it on a little meditation as well and if you really enjoyed this podcast you can also subscribe and join us again for the first of august on the sturgeon moon where we'll be exploring the magician which is the next in line on our major arcana exploration thank you very much for listening take care bye